Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hey, Jay. Oh, Q. Listen, I know we're on... Uh, uh, on a bus right now recording this episode which is like very unusual for us but normally we're stationary I just found out if this bus drops below 60 miles an hour we're all dead and by all I mean it's you and me because we're the only people on the bus right now but but that is crazy because I just came from a death defying experience where I was on a mountain fighting with John Lithgow are you kidding me yes like, like, how long ago? Like, was it just like 127 hours ago? Was it? Because I was gonna ask. Or 48 saw, hours ago, I should say. I saw 24 hours ago a news report that a giant asteroid was heading towards Earth. No, this can't happen. Today is Independence Day. Oh my God! Wait, Jay, is that a UFO? Oh, Jesus Christ. You, you and I need to make an executive decision about what to do about this. Oh, my God. Where did Alan Rickman come from? How did he get on the bus? He can't be here. This is like a mission that is impossible to, to, to achieve. Oh, my God. Well, I suppose there's only one thing left to do. Should we high five? Only if you want to high five. My God. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five, high five son! Woo! High five! Don't leave me hanging. I'm only two days from retirement. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I did like that in the, in the bit, you slowly defaulted to just listing movie titles. <laughs> yeah. You like, you like for, for went plot and you were just like, uh, then well, we got to make an executive decision. This is a real con air. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I didn't go con air because I couldn't make that one work in a sentence. I could definitely make executive decision work in a sentence, and I couldn't figure out how to say, and Kurt Russell's here is working for the FBI in the air. Air Force One. <laughs> only I Steven, it. Steven Seagal is only going to be in this episode for like five minutes. Oh, no, Jay, we're under siege. <laughs> Oh no, we're nah, under siege all. too. <laughs> no, that Dark would have been the best. God, missed opportunity. If I said Jay, we're under siege, uh, you'd be like, Q, I'm under siege too. <laughs> yeah, oh, missed opportunity. That would have been really yeah. funny. All right, everybody, welcome to the show as we workshop our opening bits. <laughs> High five the podcast, making things happen when we're talking about 90s action movies in real time. Uh, so um, yeah, Jay, we are here to talk about quite possibly one of your favorite and my favorite uh, decades and genres of film, which is oh yes, yes, 
the quintessential 90s action film. And there's, you have to there's say it with like special. a special. <laughs> you, you almost have to do like an impersonation of John Lovitz from The Critic. Doing ah, yes! <laughs> doing an impersonation of like Rob Roger Ebert. It's like, ah, yes, the film. The film. Um, 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 um. There was something special about 90s action movies. And, and, and I can say, cocaine? one, you know, I, yeah, a lot of cocaine. <laughs> well, specifically within the canon line of action movies from yeah, the 90s. Sure. So much I'll tell cocaine. you what, they really went over the top. It was a hard target trying to keep <laughs> them off of cocaine. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Masters, they were the Terminator. real masters of the universe. Terminator 2. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> this bit has gone long, on long enough. Yes. So like you were saying, the 90s, 90s were a uh, almost unparalleled time in film for action movies or what we know now as like yes. the tropey action film. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this topic with you, Q, because I mean, not only is like, it was our formidable years of those were the, like, those were, that was the decade when we were going to movies by ourselves and choosing what movies to go to. And, you know, sure. and that was the year, the, the decade of like the disaster movie and the action movie. And, you know, you, you saw horror reemerge near the end and it was sort of an underbelly Ooh. but man the 90s was like action packed and i have a question because you just said something there and i know we're going to get into criteria of the list here shortly but do, is there a discernible difference in some in some way to you between a disaster movie and an action movie in the in the 90s yes. can you elaborate on that okay so for me and i, I think you mentioned one earlier um Shit, what was it? Oh, Independence Day. We, were, we mentioned Independence Day in our bit. Sure. For me, Independence Day is a disaster movie and not an action movie. And I know, I know really? it's so, it, I know it's so thin. It's such a thin line and I acknowledge that. So the way that I discern it in my, in my head is that like, while a disaster movie falls into the wider genre of um, like action adventure type movies, when I think 90s action movie, I am thinking of, you know, basically a hero-led dilemma that's not a natural-born dilemma. It's a human enemy that is being fought to some degree. A human or, you know, organic enemy. So, like, you know, like your Pierce Brosnan's Volcano or Dante's sure. Peak, you know, probably not going to – Harrison – no. Harrison Ford? Tommy Lee Jones is a Volcano. Uh, Pierce Brosnan Pierce is Brosnan Dante's is Dante's Peak. Peak. Yeah. So those type probably aren't going to fall. I would classify those as disaster movies, and I actually eliminated them from my criteria. So whoa! And this is why I asked you that question earlier this week of what criteria do we need to use? Because if I include everything that can fall into action adventure – I get outside of being able to choose five. Like for me, nineties action has a very specific feel. It is usually some, it's kind of the diehard model to a degree. There is a person who is in a situation that he doesn't need to be in trapped or, you know, 
physically trapped or, you know, logistically trapped in a situation that they don't want to be in and then are either having to overcome some very specific enemy or a terrorist group or whatever it may be, or there is like a mission to accomplish. Sure. Um, Outside of just like, oh, no, an asteroid's coming and we have to figure out how to not die. Like there's no – Alan Rickman in that there's no you know uh um Powers Booth in that you know I need that's what I think of I think of more of like a true lies or a demolition man or a sudden death you know those type of 90s action when I think of this sure like Jean-Claude Van Damme is a good 90s action emblem for me I love that I'm into it I support it and I'm glad that you put those restrictions on yourself because I will tell you right now, I did not. I went with <laughs> movies that were, for me, big on the list was Splosions. Does it have okay. lots of lots of explosions? Great. Does it have people running from one place to another frantically? Great. Does Always it have, a win. Does it have monuments being destroyed? Great. Does it have uh, like tropey one-liners of like people saying things and dramatically See, like, that's, walking away I want from trope- explosions? Definitely. I want a tropey one-liner. Yeah, I want that. And so uh, I will say that some of the ones that you've listed, some names that you've thrown out, may find themselves on my list. And I think that that's a good thing because when we go to mash these lists together, there will be audience members who yeah. are listening to this and screaming, I can't believe you guys left this off of there. But you know what? Yes. We, we didn't, maybe. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, uh, that is why I wanted to put some criteria or some restrictions on myself because these were the movies that I wanted to focus on. Like when I um, – I'll give you all of my criteria right now because it's going to surprise you. Like I narrowed okay. it a bit. So I pretty much got rid of anything that's an ongoing franchise that exists outside of the 1990s. Okay. Pretty much. Unless, unless there was only one movie from that franchise in the decade of the 90s because okay. one of my movies falls into that category. Um, I pretty much eliminated anything that I considered a disaster movie. There needed to be some sort of bad guy in the movie um or bad entity that was organic (laughs) or something sure um and that was pretty those were those were the main restrictions that i put on myself because like the big ones and i think you'll have some of these on your list which i hope because i do want to talk about them but there were some big ones that just sort of dominate when i looked at it that widely that i wanted to be able to talk a little bit more specifically i mean again like i mentioned you know these may or may not be on my list, but some of the ones that I think is dumb, but there's so much fun is like Demolition Man. I watched Demolition Man last night and it's so much fun. It's not a good movie, but it is so much fun. Um, you know, something like Jean-Claude Van Damme's sudden death, like die sure. hard in a hockey at a hockey game. I was, I loved watching that movie on TBS when it was repeated in syndication over and over and over again. Sure. There's just something about that pulpy action that really appeals to me like a hard target or something like that. Sure. And that's and kind see, of where I kept my head for this. And I would this say, list. and I think that's very interesting because uh, as you've known many times when we've made our list in the past, we pick a genre, right? Like your overarching right. z- genre. And then there are sub genres within that genre. And that's usually how I like to do my list is I like to yes. take, 
a taste of this subgenre, a taste of this subgenre, to really represent everything that's housed within that, that genre. And I think what you may have done is you zeroed in on one of those subgenres within yep. the 90s action genre. I, and so I feel like that's exactly I did, what I did. My list is pretty much a sampling from each of those subgenres. So I do think that, and I'm actually very excited now to get into this list um, <laughs> because I do have some very large tentpole like things that are like classic. Oh, so do um, I. So do I. And so I'm very curious to see where we like mesh on that. Um, so I'd say that there's too. no further ado. I say we just dive straight into it. We pull the pin out of this grenade and chuck it into the hole as we make a list. I'm going to dive on this list. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. And that analogy, I threw the grenade and then also dove on it. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I just threw a grenade and then you just jumped on the grenade. Like weird what is this Ch what is this child's play three um, <laughs> that makes no sense oh god speaking of which uh, can i say did you ever watch i know this is totally off subject did you ever watch the new child's play reboot i haven't it is on um one of the streaming i think it's on amazon prime and i've saved it in our queue but i haven't watched it yet it's not terrible i'll say that i mean okay. it, it's not great but it's not terrible how does how does mark hamill do um, he's fine. Honestly, it's, it's okay. really weird. He, I like, I almost am glad that they got a new voice actor for it because okay. this is not the Chucky. Yeah. That's, that's what from I understand. Child's play. So I almost feel like it would have made it worse if Brad Dourif did the voice. Cause then it feels like you're like ruining a thing that I like. Yeah. But with yeah. a new voice actor, new design, and a new plot, it's like, okay, like, I guess this is just yeah. like a reimagining of Chucky, and I'm fine with it existing in its own, like, small little cosmos. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I'll, I will tell I'll you, get around I'm, to seeing it. I'm very excited for the Sci Fi Channel Child's Play TV series oh, starring Brad Dourif. Any, honestly, I want, like, for me, Child's Play needs a Brad Dourif, but I'm fine with this movie existing. Like, to your point, it's fine for it to be in its e ecosystem, whatever. But if I'm going to get excited about it, it's going to be a Brad Dourif. And I can't, I can't say it. And Mancini's involved in that one. Yeah. Oh, right? he's executive producing it. He's yeah. like heading right. it up. I will say that to segue off of this topic in general that we're doing today, 90s action movies, I can't wait to do 90s horror movies. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. Because we got some really good ones in that list. But that being said, today is all about 90s action. We're going to be throwing right. out the one-line zingers, and I want you to start us off by hitting your number five. All right. My number five is a personal favorite. It was one that I sort of glommed on to. Um, it has a lot of sort of meta tones that I didn't get when I first watched it. I just loved the action in it. And my number five is Starship Troopers. Oh, solid. The Return of Doogie Howser. Uh, I'm surprised that's on your list. I feel like that doesn't really fit into the. I it is know, it I is know. kind I, of more I, of a natural disaster. -y. They're going to a planet overrun by aliens. 
I know, but and this is the one that does fall kind of outside of that category. And I'm not saying I disagree. Not, I like it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, this is the one that falls outside, which is why it's at my number five. All the rest of them pretty much fall into what I was describing before. But sure. this was a movie that I just – you know, Verhoeven with RoboCop. I love RoboCop growing up. I had all the action figures. Starship Troopers was one where it, the, when I was a kid watching it, it was like, oh, look at like the naked people and they're blowing up aliens and this is really violent and gross. And Hey, and, and there's man, Doogie Hauser. <laughs> and Doogie? And like, he, he, oh, what's he doing to that bug? Oh, what's he doing to that bug? But there was something about, I mean, Verhoeven can film action sequences. There's something about like the seek the war sequences of that movie that are just great and harrowing, but then all of the, everything on the meta level that Verhoeven does of, you know, glorifying things that shouldn't be glorified. There was just so many, so much of that movie that I enjoy that I just kept coming back to. And it was sure. one of those where, it was one of those movies where I don't it, – it was widely liked, and it, I think it did fine box office. I don't remember. But it was one of those that I didn't know a lot of people that loved it. And so whenever I would find people that had watched it or loved it, I immediately glommed onto them. I'm like, oh, and this, and oh, what about this? Oh, the Doogie, Doogie, you know? And so there was some – I don't know. There's something special to, to that movie for me when it comes to 90s action. So, and it's not on my five. list, but I, I will say this. And the cast is like the most '90s cast ever. You've got oh, Casper man. Van Dien. You have Michael Ironsides, <laughs> Denise Richards, Denise Rich Jake Busey, like uh, Neil Patrick uh, Harris. Like it, we mentioned, it literally <laughs> is like they took the '90s and were like, "Here's like a cast. Here are the actors of the '90s." Um, I'm into that, man. I, I like that. I do think it fits into the qualifications of being a 90s, like a definitively 90s action movie. It's pulpy. It's strange. I definitely right. don't feel like it's a movie that would get made today. Like It's not, not in the way the sequel, that it was. And all of the sequels fall in my parameters because I think all the sequels happen after 2000. So it's right. the only one of those that exists in the 90s. And it's like... It's like weirdly sexualized, like almost like a like yeah. uh, like Top Gun. <laughs> and yeah, like shirt, it, it, shirtless it does volleyball have a scenes. Bit of that. Like it's just weird, like it does have that. sexual for yeah. no reason. Um, yes, and I, I love all of that about it. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a solid number five, man. I'm into that. What's yours? So what category did you go with for number five? All right. First? So my number five has, it is a guilty pleasure movie. So this one is maybe Ooh, okay. not one of the most like popular movies. I know that it's not, it's not a not popular movie, but it's kind of one sure. that's like, oh yeah, that came out in the nineties. Like, I guess that was fine. Like whatever, but it's one that sure. I like watched repeatedly and it comes from the master of explosions himself, Michael Bay. It is my number five is The Rock, starring. Oh, Nicolas okay. Cage I didn't know if you were going to go Sean Connery. I didn't uh, know if you were going to go Bad Boys or The Rock, and oh, I'm no. glad you went the, the Rock. Rock. I, the Rock was a favorite of mine. Favorite. I mean, talk about talk about just an action movie because for some reason that I still cannot figure out to this day 
for some reason, Nicolas Cage was an action star in the 90s. Like, like what? <laughs> like, why? Like, I'll, he doesn't have, it, yeah. He, but like, he had none of the things that you usually like put with an action star. He didn't really have like the physique of just some like, yeah, he wasn't like a big Hulk action star. You know? He wasn't an Arnold Schwarzenegger or Stallone. He, he didn't have. Splits. He didn't really have like the smooth suaveness of like a Bruce Willis. You know what I mean? He had the manic crazy energy yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason Hollywood during the '90s was like, "That is it. He is the '90s Liam Neeson." <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's what it is. Like because Liam Neeson is another one. He's another one that during the 2000s became like an action star for whatever question reason. mark yeah like don't get me wrong Not i like watching him in like commuter just came out a couple of years ago that's what i'm saying like like not that I mean he does a great job, but it is not something I would have thought of. And just like this, I love Nicolas Cage as an action star, but I still to this day don't know why like Con Air happened or this happened or Face Off happened. Like I don't know what was going on, but I'm into it. But uh, I am happy that it did. That's the end of that sentence yes. because I love all those movies you just mentioned. But it, I mean, this movie has your bad guy in the form of Ed Harris. As yeah, like the dis the disgruntled military like ex operative who has decided to like single handedly wage war on the U.S. from the stronghold of Alcatraz. Like that's a dope ass premise. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I mean, it's got just a cool premise itself. If he takes over, he takes Alcatraz hostage, and people have to break into to Alcatraz the heavily guarded. Yeah, cool. It's then cool. you've got you've got the 90s trope of like inexplicable 90s technology like the weird like uh poison serum bomb or whatever it is that they're chasing because Nicolas Cage's character is of course a bomb a squad bomb. technician like a biological yeah, it, weapons expert yeah it, it's kind of like Marky Mark being like a science teacher and the happening right. you're like I don't believe that you got the qualifications for doing this but they tr they try to make him like so cool like he's a science nerd by day and then he goes home and barefoot plays his guitar while listening to his vintage vinyl albums but the thing about it okay the rock had a handful of things that you need for a good quality top tier action movie in the 90s is you need William Forsyth and they yes. totally had William Forsyth. Definitely. And you need an inexplicably old lead. <laughs> like, they're, they kind of learn, they're like, oh, yeah, Die Hard. Let's get someone at the top of the range of the age of, like, action star. It's like Nicholas Sean Connery. Oh, perfect. Sean Connery, sure. Sean uh, Connery, perfect. Now, Nailed I will it. say, there's a scene that it's still to this day is, like, the most badass fucking scene ever. And can I guess? Can I guess what it is? Yes, yes. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Uh, I'm going to say another one. It is the introduction to Sean Connery. And he's in like a uh, interrogation room. And yep. he's like, he has like long white Sean Connery hair. And he's like, he's like handcuffed to a chair. And in a matter of seconds, he smashes a quarter on the floor with a chair, reaches down, grabs it, jumps up, 
cuts a circle in a glass window <laughs> and then smashes the window out with a chair. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I just saw, but that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm going to do that. That is a spry old man. Like, I don't know what happened, but <laughs> shit. What I was going to say is this always stuck with me from that movie is obviously, you know, as you were saying, like the weapons bomb. So they take the little glass, you know, doorway beads out of the yes. bomb. Oh, and yes. Nicholas Cage has one of them, shoves it in a, the guy's mouth and then punches his Uppercuts chin. Uppercuts him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the best. I don't remember if that happens to Bokeen Woodbine or not, or if, it, if it's someone else, but man. I can't remember. Um, that I, that scene has always stuck with me, um, and then obviously you know Sean Connery like I've memorized the fan passageway to get through those. It's like seeing it's like a video game of like step here and then miss the pendulum and then dive through the fan and then do this and don't forget to run, wall jump double jump here. Right, it's it's oh, sick. so good. The movie is awesome. So that is uh, so for me, it's a guilty pleasure. It's one that I've watched hundreds of times. And uh, it's a high recommend, but it's, it's my number five on my list. Well, that's a perfect segue into my number four, because my number four is Con Air. Oh, I, I almost had Con Air on my list, but I pulled it off at the last second because I didn't want to have, it, you ready for this? Foreshadowing too many Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, that was the reason that I have, I had to choose between The Rock and Con Air and Face Off. And it was Con Air was the one that the Face Off and Con Air are like almost even for me. Oh and, no way! But Con Air was Con Air was the one that for me the put the bunny in the box. <laughs> Just like there was something so dumb. Why do all of about, your characters sound German for some reason? Your Sean Connery sounded they, German. He's Irish. They all He's are. Your Southern Nicholas Cage sounded German. <laughs> Just then for some reason. Put that buddy in that box. That sounds that way sounds. more close to the Nicolas Cage accent. Put the bunny in the box. Um, well, because I don't do accents or voices very well. But that's my, like, Nicolas Cage action movie. The hair, the Steve Buscemi, the Dave Chappelle. Like, there's just every, every piece of that movie works Dude, for me. Dude, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, John Malkovich as like his wait, Danny Tre psychotic. Danny Trejo is in that movie, right? Am I thinking he's of the one that he got tattoos all over yeah. himself? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the yeah, racist guy or whatever. Yes, yes, he is. yes, he is. That's uh, what the tattoos are for. It's like a tattoo for every victim or some shit. Every it, yes, uh, you got your MC Ganey in it. Um, yeah. But again, John Malkovich, his psychotic villain Cyrus. The I virus. like his. I like his villain better than I like Ed Harris, even though Ed Harris, I think, is better written. Like, his motivations are more, you know, sophisticated, and he's a better, like, strategist. I just sure. enjoy John Malkovich as a crazy person better. Sure. Um, and so I, yes, it was a struggle for me, but number four ended up being Con Air, just because, man, it just edged it out just a little bit. Something I always think Air, of that. I go back to it faster. I always think there's a scene in the movie where somebody like pulls a piece of metal out of their hand. Do you yeah. remember that? Like they've, they, that's like how they pick the lock yeah. on the handcuffs is they, and yeah. I just remember the like weird close up of it. And you see them like push it out of their hand. And I was always like, Ew. 
I think and then if I remember correctly, Dave Chappelle is sitting beside the person doing it and he is reacting quite humorously. Like I did. Just I'm just like yes. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Dave Chappelle's like a pyromaniac or some shit, isn't he? Yeah, and then Ving, you got Ving Rhames in it. I forgot that he was in there for a yeah. minute. It's just just so good. It, John Cusack, kind of, again, falls into that Nicholas Cage. Yes. As the oh. foil, like he's the FBI agent guy. And then they drop that, they drop the corpse out of the plane with like the note written on him. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, oh, a, it's just, it's a dope movie. I love that movie. Dope ass. Love it. That's, That's another movie. Number four. That's a new, I think it's uh, the director is Simon West. Is that correct? Let me look it up, actually. I think it's Simon West. Yes, the it is. The only other movie that I remember that he did with Nicolas Cage was that fucking witch season of the witch movie. Uh, oh, that movie's terrible. Yeah, same dude, man. He did uh, The Expendables 2. And, Don't care. Season uh, of the Witch. Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Didn't he do Season of the Witch? Am I? No, I don't think so. Simon West. He, are you sure? He did the general. He did the general's daughter. When a stranger calls, uh, the 2006 remake, the mechanic in 2011, The Expendables two. Um, no, he did not do. What that movie? Oh God, am I having like a like a weird, like uh, what do they call that? The where does it when oh. you remember? When you remember something one way, Mandela, it's actually the Mandela, other. Mandela effect. Yes. Am I having a weird Mandela effect? Dominic whoa, whoa. Cena directed that. Who the fuck is Dominic Cena? That's a very good question. I have no idea. Oh, that's why I thought it. He did Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, the other Nicolas Cage movie. The other okay. 90s Nicolas Cage movie. Wait, was that? That wasn't 90s, was it? Gone and say, oh, it was 2000. It, it was, was like 2000. That does not crust. count. It was filmed in the 90s, but it does not count. Uh, uh, so the yeah. man, okay. Con, Con Air. Air. Good choice, dude. All right. You're I'm into four. it. Uh, my number four is one that you said was disqualified earlier in your, in your uh, ranking criteria. And my number four is Independence Day. Uh, okay. Great movie. I'm not taking anything away from because it. Because here's the deal. Will Smith was a mega action star in the 90s. Agreed. Mega. Men in Black. Uh, this. Um, what was the uh, Enemy of the State? Uh, this dude that was like. is great. He was doing all of these movies. But his launching point for this career as an action star was definitively in independence day. That was the first movie that you saw him as that leading dude. Right. Of, I agree. And, uh, he, jo he was joined by another Nicholas cage esque unlikely action star of the nineties, a Mr. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Who is also and, um, another one like, wait, what? And then uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad. Uh, <laughs> um, in oh, that movie. the dude from Taxi? Yeah, uh, I can't think of his name. Judd Hirsch. Yeah, yes, that's it. And the uh, 90s action star Judd Hirsch. So here's the deal. Uh, Will Smith had one of the coolest lines. You ready? Because it, it meets the one-liner uh, criteria. Oh, it totally does. 
He fucking punches an alien in the face and says, welcome to Earth, bitch. <laughs> yes. How, you can't it's get great. cooler than that. He punches an alien in the face and then lights up a cigar on top of a fucking crashed UFO. Like, that's the most 90s action thing I've ever described in my life. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna. I'll be. I'll. I'll agree with you. That scene is the most '90s action scene that's existed. The rest of the movie is a disaster movie, and that's why I pulled it off the list. But is but it again? Though? It's in my mind. I don't it's know. Not a disaster it's, movie because it's, it's not a natural disaster. The aliens are attacking the Earth. Yeah, and they. So they're they are the uh, Alan Rickman of the movie, and then Jeff Goldblum and and it's not like they're just brainless aliens they're smart as shit so they have to like outsmart and defeat the aliens and they do it by giving oh, them the man. common cold you're making <laughs> you're making a one a fantastic point and i can't argue with any of your points it's got explosions it's, it's got hot shot fighter pilots it's got it's I got aliens just, it's got one-liners it's got Listen, I can't justify it, but for in my head, it's a disaster movie. It has maybe one of the best. Can't even justify it. It has maybe one of the best Bill Pullman speeches of all time. But see that? Okay, that though is a speech. Is for is a disaster movie thing? No, incorrect. How many times have you gotten speeches in like action? Your villains give speeches all the time. The villains give speeches. The aliens are so? giving no speeches in Independence Day. That's because Day. they're all bleep blooping around the earth. But Bill exactly, he's like the Lorax man. He speaks for the trees. Uh, you know well, we're all the trees again. A great speech, but that's but that's disaster movie territory. Morgan Freeman has a great speech, and uh, uh, but the rest of that uh, movie is not a disaster movie, my friend. I mean, disastrous things happen. It's just action on an epic scale. It is action on an epic scale. I, like I said, I can't justify it. It's just you've got the White House getting brain. blown up. Fucking cool as shit. Very cool as shit. It's getting blown so, up, but not shot up though. I don't know. I, it does I guess, I don't by know. a giant laser cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's not a great movie. I'm not arguing with you yeah. at all. I just I classify it as a, as a disaster movie. I say it's both. And I say oh. I eliminated ones that are both. <laughs> uh, and that's fair. And that's why I did. It'll probably be on the. It'll probably be on the 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 merge list because maybe I can't who knows argue any of your points. Honestly. <laughs> who knows? So uh, all right. So that's my number four. A contentious number four. But what is your number three? All right, my number three is uh, one that it almost broke one of my rules because it is a franchise movie, but it's the only one of this franchise that exists in the 90s, and uh -huh. I feel like sort of launched its own thing. And my number three is Mission Impossible. Oh, sure. That's fair. So the That's first the only franchise movie on your list? No. The, oh, there's two okay. on there that, that I both say, fall I was this. like i was like if this so i'm gonna be out. honest you missed a glaring example of an action movie no 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 i have a handful of like ones well two really that are like franchise but okay. again i focused i tried to focus on ones that where one movie in the franchise happened in the decade sure 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 i get that so 
so yeah, that so that's where Mission Impossible Two is like two thousand and one, and and then it has become what it has become. And you but think Mission something... Impossible the first one is good? I I've always loved that one. I think really? it sort of launched that style of like espionage. It like resurfaced that idea of espionage. I always action. thought Mission Impossible Two was better than one. Really? See, I I yeah. I do not like two, and I love three. I guess I'm just a, I just woo for woo. You know what I mean? I love John Woo, like face off, uh, hard target. Again, I'm a big, I, I, I'm a, I, I, I go, I go Yahoo for woo. Um, Yippee! I don't know. There's, <laughs> Yippee! there is something. I just, I think that second one's like the weakest one in the whole franchise for whatever reason. Like third I one love, is the best. Oh yeah. By far. And then the and ones the, they have now are, are pretty damn they're good too. They're, they're they're stunt spectaculars, which I enjoy. But Fallout the one in the there's good. just yeah, there's just something about the '90s one. You know, it has the the string effect, and it's got the train fight, and it yeah, it's the just, lasers it's got, and the fucking like suspended from the ceiling thing. Exactly, exactly. And so that one for me is just. Is that the one where the villain yeah. gets killed at the end by his head getting taken off? That in is a subway not, tunnel, that is a, or is that speed? That's speed. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a fucking that's cool a, sequence, man. I <laughs> love. That's still nineties related. That. It, it was definitely nineties related. Um, although speed did have speed two that happened in the ni- like ninety seven, which speed two not great. No great. Um, still no Sandra Bullock, bueno. but no Keanu Reeves. Oh, you can't have it without Keanu. Man, that first one was real good, though. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that's why Mission Impossible is number three. It was, I, I wanted that. one of the kind of a hero espionage type film. And there's just something – there's something power in that first movie. And, man, I, Joe Pantoliano or whatever getting a face full of uh, elevator shaft. Yeah. Not and too I shabby. Think, don't you also get a Metallica Mission Impossible theme cover for that movie? Wasn't that the, like – that no, was in Limp the second Bi- one, I think. No, Limp Biscuit is the second no. one. All right. It may be there was a Metallica. I know Metallica did a song for one of the albums. They did like a new exclusive song like for the album. Was it for one? Because I, I feel like so, but maybe I feel was. like the Metallica era was like pre-Limp Biscuit and then post-Limp Biscuit. I don't feel like they existed at the same time. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, no, Metallica, Mission Impossible 2. It was Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, it's this, they made us, they wrote a song called I Disappear, and it was released in 2000 as part of the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Mm, Man, they did. They did coexist with Limp Bizkit. The first one sort of flew under the radar because it was like is this you know a reboot of a show from like the sixties and sure uh, you know Mich- I mean, yeah Tom Cruise was it was a big name but it was kind of like can he lead this this type of movie fun, and fun fact did you know that they wanted to have the lead from the TV series who Tom Cruise essentially plays the character of they wanted to have him in Mission Impossible one and he declined and do you know why? Because uh-huh. they wanted to make him the villain. Oh, and they were going to have him be the person that's the turn. Like, at the end. like he was an agent. Oh, and he went bad, and he was like, "No way, man, not doing I'm it. I'm not going to do that to the legacy of my character or whatever." Nope, nope. No, I did not know that, but all, but very cool. 
Wouldn't that have been an interesting way to like tie it into the series, and then you get like he's the actual like mastermind behind everything, like well, they, pulling the strings. They kind of tried to do that with the uh, the most recent Charlie's Angels movie. Did you see like no. how they tried the to do that? Elizabeth Banks. I know movie? you did. Yeah, it, I'm not. I didn't like. Is watch she the, movie, the bad guy? I'm... No, um, Patrick Stewart is. Um, oh, Charlie. Yeah, but basically you find out that there are like Charlie's Angels groups all over the world and that they're all like, you know, there's a, a Charlie and an, a group of angels in Los Angeles and a Charlie and a group of angels in Berlin. Ah. And that's how they like, because at the end of the movie, all of the different Charlie's and angels come together and they reference like the uh, Lucy Liu like makes a guest appearance and Drew Barrymore. Oh, really? Yeah, and then they like bring back some of the actresses from the show. Like, so, so it's they that do they've a lot of- all existed in the same universe. Yeah. Uh, okay. So- I actually don't hate that idea. Like on paper, that yeah. sounds like it could be fun. So that's essentially like what they did at the end of that movie. But yes, so that was, that's my number three, Mission Impossible. It's the only one of those that exists in the 90s. And I just, there was, I was a big fan. I was a big fan of that one. Well, Huge my number- my number, uh, my number three is yet again another Nicolas Cage movie. And it is my only Sweet. other Nicolas Cage movie on the list. And it is directed by the same director as Mission Impossible 2. It is Face Off. It is the, oh. the one and only Face Off starring John Travolta I'll, and Nicolas Cage. I like that between the three of us, we have The Rock, Face Off, and Con Air, my three favorite Nicolas Cage movies on this list. Agreed. Because here's the deal. So Face Off for me is one of those enigmas of a movie like like on paper this sounds like the most batshit movie on the face of the planet right <laughs> like like on paper you look at the concept which is special agent son murdered by notorious criminal notorious criminal and special agent switch faces and lives now the special agent yeah now the special agent has to live as the criminal and the criminal has to live as the special agent that seems nuts like as a concept that seems nuts and seems something that should be relegated to like uh like midnight movie yes like schlock you know well and i think if i remember correctly john Woo turned it down initially because the script was too dumb and it was too like weird and crazy like it it went through a bunch of iterations and john Woo like didn't direct it for a while and then came back to it after they sure. rewrote it like two or three times and so one of the um one of the things that always gets to me is um is the fact that you took two of maybe once again unlikely action stars nicholas cage and John Travolta, who also well, John was Travolta, like a 90s was action say, star. They were pushing him, but John Woo had already worked with him on Broken Arrow. So he must sure. have liked him. He was well, like, sure. oh, Chris, yeah, he the, can play a bad guy. Christian Slater, underrated Christian Slater, John Travolta movie. I fucking underrated hero, underrated hero, Christian Slater. But here's the difference between Nicolas Cage and John Travolta in the 90s, right? Nicolas Cage was pushed as an action hero. John Travolta was being pushed as a villain. Like, he played a ton. I mean, Swordfish, villain. Broken Arrow, villain. 
Faceoff, kind of the villain. <laughs> He's the villain. He he. For John like, Travolta is acting as the villain for seventy percent of the movie. Percent of the movie, right? Um, and it's awesome. Like it's literally, yeah. it's legitimately awesome. There's the, a scene the boat chase at the end. Is oh my god, spectacular! That's awesome. There's a line that, and I am. Oh fuck it! I'm not ashamed to admit this. There's a line where John Travolta smokes some weed with his daughter. And she's like, whoa, like, what are you doing? And he turns to her and he's like, Papa's got a brand new bag. Papa's got a brand new bag. I said that for so long after watching this movie. Anytime I would do something that I thought was remotely cool, I'd be like, Papa's got a brand new bag. I will say there's a line early in the movie where Nicolas Cage says he's, he could eat a peach Gross. for hours. Nope. Gross. And I, going forward, tried to forget that line every day of my life. You, and your penis inverted to. when you heard that line. Yeah. It's the most unattractive line on the face of a planet. Yeah. And he says it in such a sensual way. It's very like, you know, I could eat a peach, eat a peach for, for hours. For hours, for hours, oh, it's the worst. Nicholas, I will. Hey, Nicholas Cage. I will say, the scene when his character gets thrown by the fan into that gate. Whoever the stunt man is that did that is a hero. Like, Brutal. That's one of the things. Okay, <laughs> let me just go back to '90s action in general. Like, okay, so me and Amanda were watching Demolition Man last night. Like I mentioned, there is a scene at the beginning of Demolition Man when they blow up an entire building. And I looked at him and I was like, they actually blew up an entire building for that. And you can tell. There is something tangible about the way we filmed action movies in the 90s. Like, it's not like the, the early A's where it's like, oh, there's a human jumping off of a train onto a horse. And like, isn't that amazing? Like, it's the evolution of that is like, oh, there is a human being jumping out of an airplane attached to a bungee cord falling towards an exploding building. And all of that really happened. Can I tell you the closest thing that we have to that now? Yes, is 100% the David Lynch directed John Wick movies. They are yeah. the closest thing that we have to 90s action currently. Cuz it feels it feels you can real. feel it. It's tangible. The punches feel real. Getting smashed through walls or thrown through bookcases feels real. Like right. The motorcycle action sequences where you're racing a horse and shit feels real. Like, it doesn't feel right. like a bunch of CG. These are real people getting yanked off of motorcycles doing 80 miles an hour. Exactly. And, and to your point, to take it back around to, um, to Face Off, at the end, yes, the, the premise of the movie is batshit crazy. They swapped faces, and it's like, oh, my goodness, is someone going to really get into a boat race like that? Sure. Probably not, but in real life, two boats did that, and I yes. got to watch it. Exactly. And that's cool. It is cool as shit. So Face Off firmly earns a spot on the list for me. Um, it's, it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, this is Nicolas Cage at, like, peak nicholas craziness like he has yeah. some super weird scenes you mentioned one at the beginning there's one where he's dressed up as a priest and he's just grabbing a girl's ass as they like sing hymns like it's, it's so it's so fucking weird the whole movie's weird and it has one of the fucking cassavetes is in this movie yeah uh the dude who directed the notebook yes. is 
is like one of is am i is that right i uh, think you're i think you're correct um uh, but the thing but the thing about the thing about um and it's i chalk this up to john woo most likely oh, for nick his Kess, directing um but it's not the nick cage that's almost unbearable like in snake eyes like he's kind of unbearable crazy in that movie and it's not like main manic or uh what um um oh was that was that movie that he was in Ma- manic maniac a couple like a year or two ago where it's over the top violent oh mandy mandy oh, it's like over the top violent crazy on purpose like face off is the peak crazy nicholas cage that you can take in a movie and not be turned off agreed totally agreed so but yes, Nick great- Cassavetes, just a fun fact for anybody who's listening and didn't know that. Nick Cassavetes plays the bald henchman in Nicolas Cage's like cadre of people that hang out with him. And he also directed The Notebook. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Such a weird factoid. Uh, um, um, so yeah, so that's my number well, right. three, man. So we want to get to some commercials and then come back for two and one? We should listen to some commercials. Dun, 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 dun. Oh goodness! It's Gizzle Wizzle's horseradish fizzies. Gizzle Wizzle's horseradish fizzies. Gizzle Wizzle's horseradish fizzies. They're delicious and also super spicy. Gizzle Wizzle horseradish fizzles. You know you want it in your mouth. Gizzle Wizzle horseradish fizzies. You're gonna eat it until you puke. Gizzle Wizzy's horseradish fuzzles. <laughs> signs. Come on down to Tad Swine's Nipple Repair and Signs. You know, you're standing too close to the, sometime, the, the stove sometimes and your nipples go, woo! Have you ever had a nipple ring and that thing just gets yanked on out of there? Well, Tad Swine's Nipple Repair and Signs is the place for you. I'm Tad Swine's and I give my guarantee that your nipple will be as good as new or I give you my double nipple guarantee. And I'm not Tad Swine, but I'll tell you what, I'll make a side showing you the way to Tad Swine's. You need signs for your nipples? What about nipples for your signs? How about signs on your nipples? How about swines on your bipples? How about... Yeah. <laughs> Come on down to Tad Swine's. That's me, nipple repairing signs. Tad Swine's, also still not me. All right, and we're back. God, those sponsors make me want to blow up a building. Because <laughs> they're so cool. Oh, all right. Those sponsors are as cool as, as walking away from explosion in slow-mo. And not, falling, and not falling down. And not tripping. This, those, those sponsors were so cool as actually saying you're in the last week of, until retirement and making it to retirement without dying. That's how badass those sponsors are. Nailed it. Freaking nailed it. And then also as sponsors, don't forget, head on over to the Project Nerd merch store. Get yourself a hat. Q's wearing one right now. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can see it. 
They have this cool glasses. Glasses and one side of it is a word bubble project. And all the proceeds, all the proceeds uh, from now and uh, I guess for the foreseeable future are going to help good causes. So you guys go there, buy some merch. And then uh, if you can't see what Q's wearing, it's because you're not a Patreon member and you need to be a high five call on the podcast Patreon member. So go subscribe. You can get get it as low as $3. I mean, come on. You get uncensored, unedited video versions of these podcasts. Behind the scenes, episode planning. You can be on episodes at certain tier. You get merch. You get extra bonus footage. You bonus get to look content, at our faces. Extra episodes. It's just, you, you got to get on it. But what we're about to get on is these top two. <laughs> is each other. <laughs> is each other's top, top twos. Yeah, we're about to get on top of each other's lists. Uh, oh, yeah. All right, so Jay, hit me with your number two, man. This is this better right. be a good quality '90s action movie. I I think it is. It's one of my personal favorites, um, and I also think it hits that echelon of just a great quality movie. It launched a lot of careers, I feel like, and also shined a spotlight on some amazing actors. And it's Leon the Professional. Wow, I. I love that, but I'm going to say, man, I don't have spots I feel left like for all the ones you I, want me to say. No, dude. And that is fucking mind blowing. Um, Again, I'll have a reason for most of them. That this movie bit out either two of the movies that I'm thinking of, but go ahead. I know. Uh, I'm surprised so as well. That's why I wanted to make. That's why I wanted to make criteria for this list because I was having such a tough time with this. Um, Leon the Professional, like, I know... Gary Oldman. I mean, Gary Oldman giving one of the best, like, villain performances, I think, in any movie. Um, launching Natalie Portman as a very, like, an actress to watch. Um, for me, I know, like, La Femme Nikita was really, like, the first one, but, like, Luke Besson, I don't think has ever gotten better than Leon the Professional. Um, no, it was, the, it was my of, introduction to him as a director. I, I love Fifth Element. I, you know, I think the things he has done recently have been very good. But for me, Leon the Professional is kind of you do like it is the I, like wait, Lucy. Wait, you thought was pretty good. Lucy, I thought was watchable, and then after that was I've never. What about seen that? Like a thousand planets or whatever the. I the that Dane DeHaan the Dane DeHaan movie that one's I forgot he made that that's full on trash okay <laughs> so you're so, like some of his more recent ones I've also been into I was like really Weird. not into like I have seen and they I've watched them right um, I have been into them as far as using my eyeballs yeah. to view them Planet of a Thousand Cities or whatever I just I no 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 <laughs> but Leon the Professional I just think I think his peak and for me it's one of those that falls into it's a good quality film it's a high like bar movie wise but then it hits everything i need for action and it's intense there's characters there's violence there's fighting there's explosions there's shootings it's great i just i love it i just think i think it's great and i can go back i can watch it at any time if it's on television i have to stop and watch you've got jean renault yep uh yeah it's a good movie man i'm with you i do not like i'm gonna go ahead and tell you now when we mash our list together it is not reaching the top two (laughs) like over my dead professional body (laughs) like i like i said you had a wider net than me so i understand that totally but i 
but I I will acquiesce to your choice <laughs> and judge you harshly from afar. No, you're you're allowed to do that. Uh, so my number two, and this I'm gonna be honest, this was a really hard like number one or number two, number one or number two. Like what where do I where do I put this? Um, and ultimately I I landed on the order of these two based solely off of like my personal preference as far as like watching these two movies what will i go back and watch first before i watch the other oh i'm really curious all right and others others will judge me on this but once again you can't because this is solely a personal preference (laughs) uh my number two is die hard uh well die hard is amazing well i know that i'm just saying but it's my number two which is but it was released in 1988 and does not qualify as a 90s action movie but die hard with a vengeance does but so is that your number two that's my number two you just said die hard i i was leading into it man jesus i thought (laughs) okay but sorry all right. Sorry. So Die Hard with a Vengeance also happened in the nineties. Yeah, but that's that's fine. I like the Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Bruce Willis led Die Hard oh, with a man. Vengeance. That's one it of my is, favorite movies ever. For me, it a brought Samuel L. Jackson into my like stratosphere of like beyond like side characters that he played. Sure, this was like a lead character it made me like recognize him as i was like i fucking love this guy like i want to see him in all of the things it introduced me to his to his foul mouth (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but it i learned how to do puzzles it took the diehard formula in a new direction so the Mm -hmm. uh, the initial diehard was um was all contained in a in a single building location right right the Die Hard 2 was also kind of contained on a wider scope, but in a single location. The whole thing took right. place at an airport. The airport, know? yeah. But number three, you gave John McClane run of New York City, which is yes. like, and as for the formula to still work in an open sandbox type of environment is what, like, put it over the top for me yeah because i always thought okay john mcclain is good as like a quippy action dude in these like closed box scenarios but here he is just like doing wild action shit through the streets of new york and the docks docks of new york what i've always thought was really interesting about it and this to me is it's a credit to the writers and the screenwriters and the actors involved but originally that wasn't a diehard movie it was a script called simon says that had just been kind of batted around. And eventually there's like, oh, we can make this a John McClane movie. <clears throat> and they did, and it worked. It worked beautifully. But to your point, it kind of doesn't feel like a diehard movie. It gives it a fresh breath of life because it wasn't, but it just worked. The character worked of his focus and his drive and his ability to kind of fix things. And, and I'll be honest, like literally the only reason Die Hard with a Vengeance isn't on my list is because do, two Die Hard movies got released in the 90s. And that's true. But for me, Die Hard with a Vengeance beats yeah. out Die Hard 2. And 
die oh, harder. It totally does. If you will. <laughs> Although it, I do totally like seeing does. a dude spiked in the eye with an icicle. Like I'm all. I am. I am always down for that. I'm always like, like I said, I was kind of strict with my criteria of, oh, well, the franchise had two releases in the day and the whole franchise is out. And the second one, I will say I did like a William Sadler bad guy, like in Die Hard oh, 2, man. you get like crazy ex-military William Sadler, which is like dope. But uh, number three, man, was just, I mean, you've got uh, Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. You have... As the uh, what was it? It was he the brother of? I he was I yes. He was Hans. He was Hans, Hans Gruber's, Gruber's brother. Brother. Um. Yeah. So you've got the original bad guy's brother coming back for vengeance. You have and literally the only actor on the planet who could follow up Alan Rickman as a Gruber. Oh, for sure. And I mean Jeremy Irons. He's fucking awesome. He's Scar from so the great. Lion King. He's so sake. good. He's so um, good. But he has that same alan rickman-esque gravitas mm-hmm. you know what i mean of just like a really yeah. intense british guy <laughs> and so much of that movie happens on a walkie-talkie it's just it's it's great it's so good um so i really really love uh die hard with a vengeance it's my number two i do think that i'm gonna get flack for that mainly because of exactly what you said it is a movie that comes square in the middle of a franchise um so it's it's kind of a weird choice but for me it's just pure enjoyment like i love it's pure action it is an action movie it's a pure fun great action movie yeah so that's my number two man and i was hoping that we might share number one i don't think we're going to um maybe we will how how about i'll start and if we share you can chime in okay I'll, i'll i'll play lead so my number one I'll just start. My number one's The Matrix. I think The Matrix set a new bar for action movies and in in a weird way ended the 90s action movie tropes. Not like like ended, ended, but I mean, it was was a single guy against an enemy uh, surmounting odds. I mean, the action in it is amazing and groundbreaking and, you know, the cinematography and the camera angles and, and all the things they use. The Wachowskis really kind of hit the scene hard, if you will, with that movie. It's one that I can go back to a whole lot. And like I said, it, you know, happening in the 90s, the only movie in the Matrix franchise that happens in the 90s, because the other two abominations are 2001 or two and beyond. But that one to me, I just, I don't know. There's something God. epic about the Matrix. I wanted, I wanted this so bad. I wanted this so bad because I wanted to do a Jinxies on this, man. I like oh. I like The Matrix. The Matrix was going to be on my list. Clearly, it is not on my list because you can hear the disappointment in my voice. Right, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't. I will say The Matrix didn't make my list because despite it being made in, I think, like 98, 99, right. um, it has always felt 2000s to me. Like, it is it always... Does. It felt like yep. that... 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 Um, that genre of action that came with the 2000s like your mission impossible twos that were more like special effects heavy and like like vfx not necessarily practical effects and more style over substance kind of thing or maybe even substance with style um whereas action felt schlocky for me in the 90s (laughs) and pulpy like you had said and 
but I, I, I cannot fault you for that because it does hit the qualifications. It was made in the nineties. It is an incredible action film. This is a milestone uh, of action. Yeah. I, and even, I will in, say this. in a weird way, in a weird way, I feel like it's weird that me having that one as the number one of this category feels off. But for me, it's just such a milestone of, of action in the nineties. It, and it is a milestone, dude. I can't, like, like I said, I cannot fault you. It is a solid choice. I just, I don't know. For me, it, it didn't, it didn't ring that bell. Um, I will say that, uh, that it, like I said, it's good. I did rewatch it recently. Like, like, I guess six months ago, maybe I watched okay. it. I watched it with my daughters cause they had never seen it. And I was trying to introduce them. And it did not hold up as much as I wanted it to. Really? Like, not as it. What did the, how did it, they react to it? The girls, they thought it was fine. Like there were, th- be, here's the problem. The technology that took place in that movie is already super antiquated. And that's yeah. like, it deals a lot with like computer systems and the computer system that was being used in the matrix is like an old outdated system that doesn't exist anymore. And like there were certain technological leaps that at the time were more fantasy than like hard reality sci-fi, but they still like the dial tone sound is something that they don't even recognize as like a modem. It's like sci-fi future. Oh, they made up those sounds for the future. Right. It like, so there are certain things that unfortunately didn't age well. I need to rewatch it. Now I need to rewatch it. Another one of them is the like the vibe of the movie is very like 2000s like techno punk. So it kind of has a hackers esque like we're going to go to a rave and this is what raves look like. And it's like, <laughs> that is not what raves look like. A bit of, like, bit of blade, a bit of blade in there. A, bit too a much little of bit of the blade, ra- blood rave going on. Um, yes. You so know, that all, that's, my, all, that's all valid. I totally agree. Now I'm excited to see what your number one is. Uh, dude, my number one, there is no fucking competition for this, dude. There was only right. one clear choice from the beginning. The and? quintessential 90s action movie for me is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It Terminator is... 2. Go ahead. Well, I'll finish your sentence. The best action movie of all time. Yes, potentially. And the second part of a franchise that started in the 80s. And so it was I, eliminated I, for me. I agree. I agree. But T2, man... T2 oh, man. I, is honestly I it's spectacular mind-blowing I love it I, yes Perfect. and that's why yeah. like I I had hoped that maybe you had broken your own rules I knew once you had <laughs> that is why when you had messaged me earlier in the week and you were like hey man I think I'm thinking about eliminating this I was like I can't I can't do that because in good conscience I cannot remove the ability to put T2 as the number one on my list it is. You want to know? Me, you want to know something weird? What? T two is the reason I sent you that that question. I was struggling so much with putting it on there because it was the second movie in a franchise that did not launch in the nineties. That and that to me, I was struggling so much with it that I asked you about it, and you're like, "Well, I'll do my way, and you do your way." And so I eliminated it. 
And but it was such a hard decision that I ask you if we could have criteria. But I will say this: the T two defines the feel of the '90s for me. It has. I mean, you've got young John Connor, right? Yeah. It has. It has malls in it, which were not a thing anymore. <laughs> it has video game arcades, which are not a thing. It does. Anymore. It has like the the look of police stations and tanker trucks and motorcycles is all like quintessentially the 90s when the t2 ride at universal studios launched that was so 90s to me like the stunt show spectacular like all of this shit robert patrick is so 90s to me he is so and oh he's so 90s edward furlong is he dead? He only existed on? in the 90s, pretty much. <laughs> he only existed um, in the 90s. Um, but no, for me, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, I like T1, right? Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I like the Terminator. Terminator 2 is and will always be the definitive Terminator movie for me yes. ever. Like, yes. that's just the way it is. And, and what I think is, uh, like, for me, and the distinction, which is, like, the first one is a horror sci-fi movie. Totally. The second 100%. one is an action movie. And yes. I think that's where you get the ability to supersede what was done with the first one while not ruining it is it yep. takes it from being a horror sci-fi and makes it like a sci-fi action. And it really... And it it does. It gives you everything you want. You have the one-liners of the I'll be back. You have the explosions of every set piece in the entire movie. You have, you have an amazing hero. mix of oh. practical effects and also cutting edge yeah. for the time CG effects. Yeah. Which do, to your point on The Matrix, still hold they, up. Like, you can watch T2 and it still looks great. Sure. Um, so well, it's James Cameron, yes, man. For, that dude for, is operating yeah. on another level. For for me, it was I eliminated it from the list in hopes that we could talk about it because I do think it's personally probably one of the best action movies ever made. But sure. because it didn't fit my super strict weird criteria, it was easier for me to eliminate it and not think about it anymore. Dude, it still like fucks with my head that scene where the Terminator is talking to Miles Dyson and to prove that he's a Terminator, he fucking like cuts his arm open and like peels the yeah. skin back. That scene as a kid was fucking nuts to me. Like he starts cutting into his arm and I was like, ah, gore, uh, like gross. And then you see it peel and you just see the shiny metal, like endoskeleton underneath. <laughs> fucking dope. Such a great, a great effect. And then also there's, there's, there's just so many memorable parts to it. Like I could probably just on the phone with you just be like, ah. And like you know exactly, I was referencing T two and him holding that thing, for sure. Like the Just whole fucking—it's so iconic, dude. That uh, their their fucking showdown in the like smelting plant or whatever was happening, and then his fucking thumbs up in the lava. I mean, come on, dude. Like, oh, it's yeah. that's so fucking iconic, like. The it whole is. thing for me just it reeks of the '90s, but in like the best way possible. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is, it is the most idealized, nostalgic version of the '90s that I have. Like when I think yeah. back to the '90s, I think things were like they were in T2. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, like it's like Saved by the Bell and T2. 
too. Or like those are the visual imageries that you have to represent. <laughs> to represent. That yeah, for sure. And so that is why two movies that take place in franchises were in my top two. Because for me, even though Die Hard started in the 80s, because two right. of its sequels came out in the 90s, it's always felt like a 90s franchise to me. Because technically it didn't become a franchise until the 90s. Right. Well, and that and that was where I struggled because like a movie like Jurassic Park, where does that fit sure. in? Like that to me is an epic, great action movie. And sure. neither of us had it on our list. But see, like, I will I would to your Independence Day argument, I would almost argue that those are disaster movies. Which is which is why I didn't have it on my list either. And right. it's a franchise that, you know, like uh, Jurassic Park 2 was 97, 98. For me, that's that's the reason it wasn't on my list, because those yeah. are people trapped in a situation where nature or something out of their control is happening around them. That would that would qualify to me with like 2012, not a 90s movie, right. but like an actual Armageddon, Deep Impact. Right. I do feel like Independence Day fits, and this is once again, uh, you know, trying to bolster support for my choice. Independence Day fits because it is an intelligent, like, enemy. It is not just right. a like thing happening that's out of our control. Like the world I mean, it fits for the same us. reason that Starship Troopers fits for my list because there's totally. an intelligent alien on the other end of it trying that is to kill us. To kill us, right? Yeah, it's not just like, um, uh-oh, a volcano is now there. It, I, I guess I can put it this way. It's an enemy with the ability to be outsmarted. Yes. You know what I mean? You can't outsmart yeah. a comet. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you can't outsmart a dinosaur. They're stupid, but they're fucking brutal. <laughs> like, you can't. You know, that, that's a good point. Man, man, that may have been a good criteria to talk about at the beginning is it's, it has to be something that can be beaten, not just survived. Right. Like you have Agreed. to be able to conquer the problem or the enemy as opposed to just survive it. Right. Which I think is a great, that I, I, uh, I am glad that I came up with that. I'm so fucking smart. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, but seriously, that is a perfect way to describe a disaster movie versus an action movie is disaster movies can be survived, but you will never win a disaster. Never conquer. Movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you can conquer an action movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can beat the enemy of an action movie. Um, so I agree, man. I, I love our list, dude. And I know we had some like good some good pairing well, and sparring on our list, but I, I do think I'm gonna have to open up my my netting a bit more because you have included movies that I can't disagree on your justifications for, but mine fits so smallly into like your three and four like your number four, number three category yes. of those types of, of uh, action movies that I think I, I cannot go against what I think is going to be the number one and two probably in this list. Sure. The together list. Sure, sure, sure. All right. But Hey, so. before we do that, man, there's only one thing that we can do to try and like make amends before we go to get to mashing our list together. And that is with a game. I want to play a game. Oh, what a wonderful game it is, too. Risk is part of the game. Well, how about a game of Parcheesi? Remember that favorite game of yours? Games worthy of His Majesty. You really think you're the only one who can play this game? We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Let the games begin. All right. Now, you had told me before recording 
You've got a pretty fun game cooked up for this one, and I am very, very right. excited. So our game today is called One-Liner Notes. And uh, essentially what we're going to do is we're going to take the one-liners from action movies, very famous one-liners, and we're going to give studio notes to those one-liners and see if we can't improve them. I think we can. Yeah, I, I totally think we can. So I say we pick five, five lines because we're the high five. Okay. I say we pick five lines, and uh, do you want to take turns on giving notes, or do you want to give notes together? I think, I think we should collaborate on the notes, but we can take turns choosing the lines that we're going to give notes on. So do you want okay. to go first? Do you want to give the first choice? Uh, yeah, let me look. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at your list. I'm looking at your list. Uh, oh, that's a good one. oh this is a good one let's start with sudden impact oh okay okay let's go ahead i mean one of the most iconic lines uh the dirty hairy line the clint eastwood line go ahead make my day right all right well how can we let's improve this the thing about is as i like that but it feels a little contentious. You know what I mean? Like the character, sure. Dirty Harry. It, you know, Dirty Harry's mean. So he's right. not going to be like, hey, make my day. Like, have a good thing. He's going right. to say something mean. He's going to be like, hey, you like your face? Yeah, I like that. I, I thought, like, on thinking along the same lines, what about like, hey, fuck you? <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. It's that feels like, um, that feels sharp. It feels to the point. It it feels very dirty, Harry. Like, hey, guess what? Fuck you. But it isn't. It does lose the the tauntiness of hey, make my day. Make my day. Right? Okay. Well, how about this? Here's you got the tauntiness, but you've also got the aggression that we're used to with dirty. So it'd be like, hey, you're dead. Oh, I like that. Oh, what about this? Straight to this, the point. This gets taunty and incorporates my last suggestion. You ready for this? Yes. Hey, I'm going to do to you what I did to your mom last night. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you know what? I like it. That's the one we're going with. It right? really explains the motivation behind it. It does. Yeah, it's like taunty. It. It's quippy. And it still ends yeah. with a, uh, fuck you. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here's yeah. the, here's the, here's the one. Um, this is from an, a newer script and near the end, the, the hero says, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Mm, I like that. I do so, like that. If we're going to take the George Lucas approach, maybe he just says, yippee. <laughs> I like the yippee. My, my like thing. No Kaye. You know, yeah, no Kaye. I don't. I don't want the hot guy. He's like yippee, motherfucker. Um, that already. That already sounds better. <laughs> yippee, motherfucker. Yippee. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that's it. I think. I think we won that one. Yippee, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I think I'm gonna start saying that. People are just thinking I misunderstood <laughs> that line from the movie. 
You know that famous line. <laughs> Yippee, motherfucker. <laughs> that's the one we're see, and that's catchier. We're going with that because it's catchy. It is. Uh, oh God, this is a good one. <laughs> uh, what about uh, what if we take a line from from good old uh, Last Action Hero? Ooh. And the line is, "Hey, all right, let me do it in my Arnold voice." <laughs> Please do. Hey, you want to be a couple of farmers? Here's a couple of acres. <laughs> I'm going to so, need sorry. context for that it's, line. Hey, you want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. <laughs> like the acres are punches. Ache- right. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I think the first thing we're going to need to do is clarify that line. Sure, because there's, no, there's not a lot of clarity in it. And an acre isn't really a thing. There are aches and there are pains. Um, there's not really an acre. What if a, we use a different comparative? Like, hey, do you want to be a boxer? Because I'll punch you in the face. See, I like it. That's a lot more straightforward. Or maybe we can take the metaphor a bit deeper. It's like, hey, do you want to be the Amish? Because I've got acres of farmland I'm going to kill you on. <laughs> I like that, but I think you're going the other way. You, tr- you wanted clarity, and I do feel like that's getting more convoluted. Now, I feel like the character may want to a- add in metaphor. <laughs> okay, so let's see. A, met- a metaphor. What about like... Um... Uh, I heard you were sick, but now you're getting butter. I'm about to churn you out. <laughs> I like it. I like where we're headed. Hey, did you from heaven when I punched you in the face? Oh, I like that. That's pretty clear. Once again, clarity is definitely like, yeah, it's definitely All solid. Right. Yeah. All right. Ray for the next one. Yes, I will go ahead and tell you though, real quick. I know we're recording. Your audio did that thing again where you got really quiet for no reason. Is it back up or no? Nope. I don't know what you did last time. It just like it just like popped back in. I I didn't touch anything. I don't I think do there's anything. anything you can do. What I may have to do is while editing it, I may have to just like bump up the volume of you if it is actually in the recording. Yeah. Hopefully it's not hopefully it's not we're almost we're near the end so all right no here's our here's our number four it's get off my plane oh solid what movie is that from air force one uh perfect harrison ford got it yeah when he's when he kicks gary oldman off of his plane sure what about uh this plane belongs in a museum I like it. I was going to say exit to the left. I do like, I do like that one. Um, I was just trying to combine. What about never tell me the exits? <laughs> snakes on my plane. Why did it have to be snakes on my plane? I do like yeah. that. He's in a different movie yeah. at that point, though. You're right, right. Put your tray tables up and your seat forward. What if Michelle Ugh. Pfeiffer just pops in and she's like, I think they're on to us. Yep, that's it. I like it. Perfect. And then she parries away. All right, good. <laughs> okay, excellent. And our uh, fifth and final uh, studio notes line, action line that we have. Um, this one, oh, this is good. 
Speaking of uh, speaking of Samuel L. Jackson, where do we go? Where, where do we go with his famous line from Shaft? Don't let your mouth get your ass in trouble. All right. Um, see that. Couple one things to think be... about here, because it's it's body parts endangering mm-hmm. other body parts. So I think it's I think it's important that we stay true. Yeah. To that. Um, so things like, like, hey, watch where watch where I step because my foot may be in your ass. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, what about like, um, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of something to incorporate D's nuts into it. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about you keep your a your hands on the A's and because I see D's nuts getting hurt. Oh, I do that. I feel like we're almost there. Like, mind your A's and C's, cause I see D's. <laughs> no, mind your A's and B's, cause I see D's nuts. D's on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> I see D's nuts taking you out. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Just I like clear it. to the point. Mind your A's it. and B's, cause I see these nuts taking Take you out. You out. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. love it. I love it. That's it. There you go. The studio notes with Q and J. Bow. One liners made better. All right. So now we gotta we gotta figure out a way to combine these lists, man. That's right. We got this is gonna be a tough one, dude. I feel like right, this here, is gonna me, be. Let me make my first concession. T2 Judgment Day is number one. Okay, great. I love that. Just put that out there. I'll just put that out there. It's totally number one because it's not, this is a combined list and my qualifications aren't top and front and center. I I love that. And how about I make another, how about I make a concession? I don't know how you're going to feel about this. The Matrix can totally be on the list, but I would need it to be lower and maybe take the, I will give up Independence Day for the Matrix. Okay, where where was Independence Day? Was it three? It was my number four. All right, for right now, I'll put it at four and see how we feel. Okay, about that. I do feel like there's better one-liners in Independence Day, so that's why I'm like, I feel like it feels more, you know, Will Smith punches an alien in the face and says, "Welcome to Earth, bitch." Like he he does. That's it's, very nineties. That's very nineties and very uh, very actiony and very one-linery. So let's see. Let's see what we can do. What about, like, okay, so we had a lot of Nicolas Cage. So yeah. between, like, Con Air and Face Off and The Rock, I don't feel like we can put all three of them on there. I will forego – I can forego The Rock. I think it's going to be a Face Off between Con Air <laughs> and Face Off. Uh, I do like Con oh. Air quite a bit. Face Off for me is, like, operating on another level. It is schlocky. I mean, we can go with Con Air if you want. I what like if Con we, Air. What if, what if we put Con Air as number three? Uh, yeah, I could get down with that. All right, Con Air's number three. But if three. I'm losing face-off, I want Independence Day back. <laughs> Ooh. Well, okay, hold on. What, what was your number two again? Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, yeah. I'll put that as number two. I'm fine with that because I love that movie. Die hard with a vengeance. All right. 
you know what? I'll give you Independence Day over Starship Troopers. Ooh. Because okay. Independence Day, that was my Starship Troopers was my number five. And if you want an Aliens Attack Us movie, it'll be my Day number five. Bigger. It was bigger. So it'll be the group five. So here's what I have so far based on our conversation five, okay. Independence Day, four, The Matrix, three, Con Air, two, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and number one, T2 Judgment Day. Dude, I'm I'm with that. I'm with that list. I think cool I think we that. each had to give up some that we loved, but I yep. think overall, this this we got the some list is better for it. We've got some aliens and disaster in there. We've got some technology revolutionizing in there. We've got some heroes versus terrorists in there, and then we've got the best action movie of all time in T two Judgment Day at the top. I love that. I love it. Can you give us a top a rundown real quick of the top five? This is your ultimate 90s action list. Number five, Independence Day. Number four, The Matrix. Number three, Con Air. Number two, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And number one, dun, 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 T2, Judgment Day. I'll be back. Next week with a new episode. We'll actually we'll both be back next week. We'll, with a we'll new episode. be we will both be here for the new episode. Um, yeah, that's, that's what the we thing do. about like, action movies. They they end with like quippy. You know, the, there's the, the strength of the character. They don't meander at the end of a movie. It's like you know they say a line and they kind of and then it's just over. It's like it's just like boom. So there it is. So and there's all these you know great lines that they say. It just leaves on like a really high like note you know i mean the last the last thing a good action movie wants to do is like putter to just like up to the end stop at some point like kind of loses steam i suppose yeah. a little bit somewhere in there yeah all right well i guess guess we're done bye bye we have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode it's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T com got that or connecting with them on facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Terminal clown shin? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.